0: Welcome to episode 36 of the Reimagining Work podcast, and we are delighted to have um, a really special guest with us. Louise Altman is somebody who I connected with on social media some years ago, and I'm really pleased that she's going to join us in conversation today. Um, Just speaking briefly before we um, started recording, I asked Louise what she would like me to use to introduce her, and, and the word she came up with was a partner, which I found is a really enlivening term because I I think it sort of paints a picture of how she works with people Um, and the work that Louise does includes um, coaching, it includes training, it includes consulting, it includes team development Um, but I think to to characterize yourself as a partner um, it really sits within that uh, under the umbrella of reimagining work like how work could be and I think if, if folks like us who are out there working alongside businesses and organizations, really saw ourselves as partnering in their growth and development. I, I think things would be quite different. So welcome to you, Louise.
1: Thank you. Very,
2: um, very
0: And of course, we have here um, the ever-present, Rockier Nort. <laughs> yeah,
2: hi. <laughs> ah, hi, yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, you're, <laughs> I, was just, I was just listening to your introduction, I was thinking about how interesting the term Partner is and I'm not entirely sure how you've come about choosing it Which would be interesting to ask But I was thinking that it changes the perception of responsibility where uh, a a Common conception of the is that the word conception misconception of Consultants is they come in and they tell you what to do and they go out again making a lot of money And they're not really invested in the company and uh, when you call yourself a partner I feel that you are invested in the company. You yeah. you feel the responsibility mm-hmm. and uh, and you take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I correct in assuming that?
1: Absolutely, but you know, like a lot of other things, I think the term partnership here, at least in the states, um, although frequently used, has many different meanings. And I think, actually, it's taking on a lot of new meanings because, of course, now we are, you know, taking steps forward to talk about relationships, personal relationships in terms of partnering. Oh, right. right. So, so the whole concept of the word partnering, I think, is something that's uh, moving perhaps out of the realm of partner in a law firm
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to partner in relationship. Right. And um, I love that. I mean, that for us was a very organic uh, thing because here we were and we were you know married and e- each of us individually doing the work that we were doing. <clears throat> Me being m- newer to it at that time when we you know c- conceived of the idea of intentional communication mm-hmm. um and that's the that, that's the way we 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 knew we were going to approach it now having said that and so what i'm saying is it had a great deal of meaning for us and in our conception of the work it had a, it had me- a, a lot of meaning
0: mm-hmm.
1: but in the world of the potential and well let's say potential clients um we're still vendors
2: yes right
1: you know so so the amount i mean it's sort of like you know there are lots of trigger words around at any given time but Lately, that's you know been very much one for us because lately we've had the great fortune of f- filling out a lot of vendor forms <laughs> mm. in, in 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 getting you know doing contracts. Sure. And so the terminology "vendor," I think, is like a lot of outmoded terms that are still completely commonplace in business. Mm. Um, there is still, I think, uh, very much, in our experience, my experience anyway, the whiff of, I'm hiring you to do this job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hiring you to do these tasks. Right. To perform. hmm so yeah. one of the things that we very much like to do early on in any kind of first conversations, orientations to what we do and how we've worked, is to discuss the whole idea of partnership.
0: So you set and, that you set that picture out right from the get go, really. Like absolutely. This, this, is, this is going to be quite a different working uh, relationship here well, with, that's us, a with long our long term, us isn't it?
2: Vendor. It's also for right. a much longer longer period of time that you usually talk about with these kind of transitions and stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It, 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 what it does, you're exactly right. And what it does also is it gets at that whole idea of everything being transactional. Yeah. You know? Everything yeah. is transactional. And so what we talk about is... In the, in, in, in the larger frame around that, what we talk about is relationships.
2: Mm.
1: And so I, how we're viewing the work is, 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 is as that, the relationship with the person who has contacted us, the relationship with the people that are, you know, quote unquote, you know, de- where we've delivered the service to. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So it, it's a process.
0: Right. One one of the things that I have a picture of then is, I mean, this is very much in reimagining work. Like this is this is something that is I I would guess largely unfamiliar that you you are taking taking your relationship with your client, which is your partner, very seriously in a way that other vendors. Um, for want of a better word, in the way that they may not have kind of arrived at yet. I'm looking at, for the benefit of our listeners, by the way, the we that Louise is talking about, Louise and George, are intentional communication consultants. And we'll leave the details on the show notes with the, the podcast. But one of the principles you have on your website, which my eye went straight to first, is every workplace transaction is an opportunity to build trust and relationships. Which I, I was looking at that and, you know, I look at that and I go, well, preaching to the converted, I think that's marvelous. I'm curious about how your clients um, approach your approach, really, because I, sort of, I sort of believe that um, people need to be ready, willing, and able to do the kind of work that I, I suspect you and George do. How do you kind of get them warmed up or across the threshold so they get that this is something quite different? This is not just team building. This is not just leadership development. There's something more to this.
1: Well, i think that very much depends on uh, rapport and and that happens from time to time and oh. that's something that you know i i i think that's i think that builds in some in investment and begins the process of a relationship but i do think that they have to have the direct experience and that's much harder when uh, depending on how the, how the relationship, who the relationship is with what, what they want. Um, and, um, what their, what their, what their, what their experience and their worldview is really, uh, uh, uh. It, it really very much depends on, um, there, there often is a lot of information that people obviously are not sharing when they are contacting
2: uh-huh. um,
1: a consultant uh-huh. for any kind of intervention. Right. right. So, uh-huh. right? so, obviously, the questions that, that one asks in, in terms of the so called assessment are very, very important, but the realities of what's going on on the ground. Um, really often shape what it is that people want. Now, sometimes people have a bigger vision. That's been happening a little bit more lately. Good. Where people do have an understanding that the work is a process. That culture, because I think a really, really important part of this is how people think about culture.
0: Mm.
1: And um, the word is out there. Even yeah. even people who are not particularly savvy in the world of this stuff that we all sort of think is it's just you know, on the tip of everyone's tongue in business. Mm. And in my experience what pretty much still dominates the conversation is how are we going to get this done? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
1: so so that it really becomes very um you have to be very artful in terms of taking that need that's being presented and Mm. using it as an opportunity to build a bigger picture Mm. of what's possible
0: Mm. right i'm with you i like your use of the word artful i'm with you i think the work of going in as a consultant is, is there's, there's a great proportion of that, which is art. And that's that make, that can make it sound a little bit sort of wishy washy, but, um, I think it goes beyond the, how are we going to get these things done, which can, you know, result in something a little bit cold and mechanistic and, and leaves out the, the humans and the humanity from the whole process. Um, yeah, one of the, one of the things that, for example, that I know that you're passionate about from what I read of your blog is emotions and emotions at work and becoming more familiar with our emotional life. Right. And that's a lot of that stuff, you know, still gets called soft skills and, um, things like EQ and EI are sort of slightly disparaging. Um, it's, it feels a little bit like, um, for a lot of people, it's, it's not real because it's not measurable. It's not real because it's soft. It's not real. You know what I mean? And that's kind of yeah. related to my comment about this This being an art. Um, what, what's your response to that? Because I'm sure that you get lots of response to your blog and also that you, you must bring that into your work. What's your response when you get met with some of those <laughs> people looking down their nose at, at, at these sorts of things? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you one of the things that has been now, it's almost 20 years that we've been doing this together.
2: Mm.
1: And really at the very, uh, at the time that we formed our partnership was the advent of, you know, sort of emotional emotional intelligence in business. Mm. Daniel Goleman's writing Gold the book stuff. and all of that stuff. Um, and, and it was a very, very hard sell in the beginning. Yeah. I um, could, very, I imagine. very hard sell. I mean, I, I would do um, work with people, organizations all over the United States, for example, on, on, on developing com- you know, skills in, in dealing with conflict. And no one was talking about emotions, which is a preposterous.
0: Huh. Notion. It is, yeah. It does everything, doesn't
2: it? Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's core. It's core. It's in the. It's room. everything. Yeah.
1: It's it's everything exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I I have seen maybe in the past five years, but I've been definitely noticing it much more lately is that the introduction of the some of the concepts, some of the ideas of neuroscience, mm. applications in business, have mm. been not only appealing to certain people, but have really been conversation starters. Mm. It's, been, it's, it's been a way in for those linear folks mm. that mm. are um really married to this idea that you know rationality is everything and, and you know mm. and and as you said disparaging of the emotional mm-hmm. world mm. because everything in even the simple basics of social neuroscience disputes that mm. Mm. It, 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 even the most even the most rudimentary presentation of that to a skeptic, let's say. Mm. Well, I mean, there are people who, 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 who love their skepticism. It's kind of their careerists, you know. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But um, it's hard to refute the nature of the brain being a social organ.
0: Mm.
1: So when you leave it at that for those folks that are very much in the in the in the realm of linear thinkers, they have to start sort of um, you know applying that so-called rational side to open up to the idea mm. that um there is another part of the brain and that there is no evidence that these things are not integrated Mm. so this has actually been a way to have a broader conversation about emotions a broader conversation and you know what else has done Mm -hmm. it mindfulness mindfulness has done that because even though there have there are is a there is a very solid camp of people or cynical, not open to, and, and, and you know, everyone certainly doesn't have to think about being a meditator, mm-hmm. but a lot of the data that's come out about the power of focus, for example, from a brain perspective, from a neurological physiological perspective mm-hmm. has really been uh, very appealing in a lot of ways. Now. I, as much as I'm an advocate for those, you know, for for example, mindfulness in the in the, I'm 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 wary of how it's being used in business, and from this point of view of it's being oversold and overhyped.
2: Of course, <laughs> no,
1: and, and seriously, seriously overhyped. Yeah, I was but, just
0: going to ask you about your 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 um your view on mindfulness because there is that other side of it as well. Yeah. I, I, one of my concerns is that it's overhyped, it's overused, and it's also—it's uh, well, trendy, isn't it? It's trendy, but beyond that, I, I see it being used as another excuse for nothing much to change. Well, Absolutely. then, off you go off and do your mindfulness, and you can deal with this heavy workload and this stress. Yeah, right. Without actually looking at well, what's the source of the stress, what's going on, you know, to come back to your recult- course, what's going on that is leading to this stuff happening.
1: But you see, I am in complete agreement, and I, and I, as I said, I am very uh, concerned about that, and, and do everything that I can to uh, clarify my, you know, from from our perspective, you know, the thinking that we have about it. But I will say that my that my reframe on the whole resiliency piece, which is where often this mindfulness conversation happens. Because everyone wants more. Everyone wants to buy more resiliency now. You see, that's 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 the big. I'm getting. More, we're getting more, more people contacting us about resiliency these days. It's very interesting. Is that right? Absolutely, but not surprising. Yeah. So yeah. what we're talking about really to people in in our reframe of this is, from our perspective, this is about psychological resiliency. Mm. And that cannot be separate from physiological resiliency absolutely. so right so so that inherent in that idea is has to be the recognition at some level that this is a very individual idiosyncratic thing
0: mm. yeah,
1: so one size cannot fit all absolutely i I cannot get. 15 people in a room for an hour of teaching them to be more mindful and have the, have the expected result. Yeah. It's really interesting because what this is all doing is it's really uh, providing uh, a lot of people with new insights into human dynamics. It's almost forcing them into having to rethink well, what does this mean? What does mm. this mean in terms of, of performance? You mm. know? Right. I can't I can't uh quantify this. So yeah. how do I think
0: about it? Yeah, I and mean, that may be something that we need to develop better abilities around too, is the quantifying thing.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. But that's the difficult part, isn't it? It's it's the you can you you can quantify it when you get to an roi when you get over a longer period of time where you can say well you know i think uh, we've lost
0: i think we've lost the again
1: no i don't
2: think nope. so
0: oh sorry <laughs> i didn't sorry. hear no. Oh, no i just had a thing appear on i my just, Skype. just i just had sorry, I had a thing appear on my Skype. okay mm. no john we hadn't um, it's, it's my it's my it's my allergy to technology that's all
2: yeah, I think that's that's what it is. Well, it's it's not a bad thing to have. But anyway, um um I lost my point. Mm. Quantifiable. Quantifiable. Yeah, I was About thinking that yeah. in the long term at some point you have to deliver results, right? And you have to make it measurable in some way if if only if it's it's through uh, a polling or you know just asking people are you feeling any different than you did like a month ago or something like that? But in the longer term, uh, something will happen with your bottom line, with your your ROI, um, which is measurable. Um, so I do think it's quantifiable. It's just you have to take it into consideration with the other measurements that you're already doing in your business, I think. Mm. But I could be wrong. Yeah, well, I, well absolutely. I, I,
1: yeah, I I also think I think your point well taken but I, I also think that you know it's always very it's always a very sort of risky thing uh, for a consultant to to you know but you know what it really comes down to in 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 talking about you know emotional awareness and what I've been thinking talking a lot about lately which is emotional freedom is this whole idea is how free do I feel to speak to clients in a way that really, truly ref- reflects what I believe, that yeah. really, truly uh, reflects mm-hmm. who I am, what I believe, where, what I, and what I. Now, I like I like to think that I've always done that, and I think in 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 a large way always have. Mm. But I'm always mindful of the fact that I can very easily slip into tailoring this to. Mm. To someone else's perspective, someone else's um, I, so, can, I can I could look at it this way. it can become selling mm-hmm. rather than yeah then then than, than an honest conversation about what I know and what you need right mm-hmm. right right, so that that is
2: we could see that as a, as a default fallback of a consultant that comes into a company and has to consult on something. You can fall back on your default selling pitch. Um, 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 but you want to prevent that from happening as much as possible.
1: Well, if, 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 if you know, I mean, I think for me, it has to do with um, what... What 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 is my level of 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 integrity in in the Mm -hmm. deepest sense of the word at any given moment, Um, and also, what do I see and what am I promoting, so to speak, in terms of the future of this work, which I think is what we're what we're what we're in the bigger scheme of things about in this in this podcast, and that is in the future work because what i know is that this process is endless
2: mm. what
1: i know is that the thing that we do know for example from all this fantastic information coming out of neuroscience is that earn- learning is endless
0: yeah
1: yeah and we're never done the mm-hmm. process is you know it's kind of a little bit about what you were talking about with um Eric in, in that conversation, which was, there are so many unknowns oh. in terms of embarking on the process of this work. I'll, g- I'll give you a, an example, okay. if I may. Uh, we were talking with a, um, a senior leader of a you know, mid-sized group within a very large biotech company the other day very well established and they're in the process of changing their quote unquote business model. I mentioned trigger words before. Business model is my latest one it's Yeah. drives me up the wall mm-hmm. um, because I think it can mean anything. Um, and his concern is that he's got to break the news to 20 or so people, I think. Uh, that the business model is changing. Jobs are going to be changing. Positions are going to be shifted. Some people will have to reapply for positions. Uh, Some people will be maintained in their current position. And his concern is how does he create a, a, a set of conditions that will lessen the blow. Now that that is that is also couched in the language of going through the change process, maximizing the benefits of the change process. There, there's lots of language that's yeah. used. Yeah. It's very all very, you know, uh, nicely put. But the bottom line is that there are 20 people who I'm sure make a very nice salary, who are living in probably one of the most expensive areas of the United States, Mm. who have who knows what invested in, 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 in their jobs, and who are all now in a state of fear. Yeah. So, it's very, very difficult to not talk, for example, about emotions. Yes. You know, in that circumstance, it's Absolutely. impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Impossible. And it's also impossible to guarantee him that even the best experience having various conversations with them, which is what we're proposing, mm-hmm. of a certain type, mm-hmm. will. Deliver his result, which is he probably has very specific ideas about specific people and behaviors that he would like to see changed we can 't right. guarantee him but of
0: course that 's right absolutely yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. but it 's the kind of thing that that people are always wanting this is this is this is this is the kind of thing that people have a have have a need, have a quote unquote business need, but really don't understand the basics of behavioral dynamics. For example, yeah,
0: that's right. And I mean, I'm kind of constructing a picture in my head of that scenario and see the the CEO, the leader, the top that you're discussing all this stuff with. In in absolute terror, more than more <laughs> than the other ones that he's concerned about.
1: Seems um, <laughs> like a nice guy. I,
0: yeah, huh? and and you know, it's it's like there's this landscape that we've been navigating for such a long time, that seems to give us the impression that that things can and should come easily to us, right? That, that but the thing that I'm tying all of the stuff that you're just saying together with is is the word congruence, like. How do I have a real conversation, an honest conversation, that, you know, warts and all, that life is not sweet? Life is not fair. It really is not. And we have been living this lie, I think, that that life is somehow fair, which sets us up for a whole lot of other dangerous things down the track if we believe that's the case. Um, If we kind of want to exclude our emotions from some of these situations in our life in which, you know, we're meeting the unfairness, then we are, you know, there we're setting ourselves up for some serious need of, of, my, of a mindfulness course to, to kind of at least just chill out on a very basic level, you know. I think, um, like you say, that some of the science is now showing us that we can no longer ignore emotions at work. But just our experience as a human being, surely by now, should have told us that we cannot ignore emotions at work
2: uh, where where we're, we've been developing the other way around, right? Mm. I mean, emotions were really Actually. important in the past, and and it, everything was that we, that we did was based on that, and um, because we didn't know anything else, mm. and we learned other things uh, that were probably more important, um, as I don't know money, statistics, uh, whatever. And so we unlearned uh, to trust and to build and to work with our emotions, and now it is something that we have to relearn again. Or- we have
0: to yeah we have to reflex those muscles and, and get them up to, get them up to fitness again. that's right. Yeah. 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 in know in, in the midst of all this, like one one question we like to um, th- throw in the mix is if, if you could change one thing about the world of work, coming from your perspective, bearing in mind the conversations that you're having with. Your partners what what would be something that you would like to see different in in the world of work louise
1: Well, I mean, I think that it sounds um, sort of um, some people might say um, simplistic, some people might say pie in the sky, but what comes up for me is 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 this idea once again of emotional freedom, and i I say that because. I think that one of the things that I've really learned in terms of working in in the business world, so to speak, uh, which is not to say that I didn't see it in the nonprofit world that I I worked in. I mean, I I think it's inherent in life. Yes. Uh, But I think it's particularly codified in many ways in, in the business world because emotions are a dangerous thing in business. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Telling the truth is a dangerous thing in business.
0: Yeah, can you can you say a bit more about emotional freedom? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think you know, obviously, it's 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 a very you know, <laughs> it's a very big and broad idea. But on the most basic level, so when I say big and broad idea, I mean, wouldn't it be extraordinarily wonderful to have a a, a workplaces where people were not in fear of telling the truth. I'm not talking about being politically incorrect or correct or sure. saying anything they feel, um, but that they were able to say to, for example, my our prospective client here, I feel incredibly vulnerable in not knowing what's going to happen to my position. Mm. I mean, wouldn't that be a wonderful, freeing, incredible thing for people to be able to be honest and frank at the very least with (laughs) themselves about what they're feeling.
0: Absolutely. And as, and living, living life as a consultant, you're living, it's a kind of a, telling the truth is sort of it's a tightrope i mean there's conversations i'm sure that you've had louise um that uh, similar to you know i've been in situations where i can see something um, yes i would like to feed it back to the organization there was one particular one there's something in the system that was seriously you know you're an outsider you can see things that insiders don't see and i sat on this thing for a week do i say it do i not say it and the thing that tipped me into saying it was, well, I'm not doing my job if I don't say it, and if there's not a readiness to hear it or to deal with it, so be it, and I'll wear the consequences of that, and they won't have me back. Um, but I thought I, would, uh, you know, I, I was I was kind of also thinking, well, maybe I I just don't say it, and um, you know, and that was my my fear about saying. You know, I was infected by the same fear within the organization, my fear of saying something which was unpalatable. And it was just then kind of trying to find a way that made it palatable um, and easier to hear. And, and, you know, I, I in the end decided I would. And I slept easier that night knowing that I was doing the job that I said that I was there to do. But it's not easy.
2: Oh,
1: no 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 it's not and it it actually it actually gets back to the conversation we had earlier in terms of the beginning of the dialogue that you have absolutely uh, when you are sort of you know setting the stage in terms yes. of what what we're doing here and that is to you know really prepare in a sense people for understanding the delicacies of um, w- any kind of intervention in a culture.
0: Mm.
1: That, and asking them how much, how much on board, how much are you and your organization on board in terms of responding Yes. To what inevitably will surface if we're doing things well and right, we're creating a container, we're creating an opportunity here for that to surface. We want that, to, from our perspective, we want that to surface. We want in these group conversations mm-hmm. for people to be able to say this or that. But are you prepared? To respond, yes. Because if you don't, then they'll go back into their their spot, their room, and say, "No one listens to me anyway."
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: So, it, 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 so it, it is truly there are ways I think you can sort of prepare the ground. Yes. But it is truly a tightrope because you also. Um, are thinking that they're thinking at the other end, maybe I shouldn't even do this because, (laughs) you know, I don't want people like, you know, making a lot of demands. I don't want to, as we say in the States, rock the boat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So
1: it's a very delicate operation. And, and And that emotional freedom and emotional honesty also has to do what you were saying about sitting on that point for a week how much do I really do my work? And my work is to tell you what I know in the most open, flexible, and caring sort of way that helps you to think about what you might really want.
0: Mm. And you've kind of um, painted a picture of something quite big there, that there's a preparedness that we have to develop in ourselves to hear what maybe was unhearable before, to say what was maybe unsayable, to, to, to be developing our capabilities to, to stay in a room when we're hearing and seeing things that we may not be used to hearing and seeing. I mean, I think this is generalized to the whole of humanity, really, but it's about how do we, how do we develop our, our conviviality with each other? And I don't mean niceness and being polite, but how do we live alongside each other? bump up along each other and still come come through it as better human beings.
2: I think it's getting more difficult actually than than it has been because now we have so much uh, uh, political correctness to think about and um, uh, the continuous um, uh, people being offended by anything you do or say Uh, and I'm not saying that everybody has that but it does create a certain mindset. Uh, which is you have to overcome that first in order to move on towards other things. Um, and I'm, I'm believing that it's, it's getting more difficult. I'm, I'm not sure, Louise, if you, if you experience it the same way, but from my perspective, uh, I think it's getting more difficult in order to, yeah. to be open and honest with people about certain things uh, than it was before.
1: I think I think you're right. I think it's um very real. I think there is a contentiousness out there in 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 societies and gen in general that is really in my opinion very much a reflection of very very deep problems that are uh crying out for um for a hearing. Sure that don't have adequate channels within culture. And when I say that, I mean microculture, the larger culture. Uh, We have these. uh, These these, you know, these these channels, so to speak, on social media, that in some cases can be. Helpful in some cases Mm -hmm. can be awful hurtful. Yeah. Hurtful, awful. And um, we have these very large institutions in the society that don't also don't know who they are, like the media, who they are, Mm -hmm. where they're where they're going and have abdicated any kind of social responsibility in terms of them being um, honest. Uh, important vehicles, mm. as you know, for the expression of these of these voices, and so that's so. So we, you know, when we expect that, you know, people in the workplace are going to really be any different. I mean, they're reading the same things and hearing the same things that we are. Mm. But the only thing I I will say that i feel is not i don't want to use the word antidote but is a very um important palliative it's not not quite the right word but he potential for healing
0: hmm.
1: is conversation is authentic. i was, I was In, thinking the
0: same thing absolutely, absolutely. it's conversation
1: o- o- conversation honest authentic uh, I think because I think I think that the thing that will break through some of the the, you know the sort of sides being taken in these you know conversation in these they're not conversations but in in this rhetoric that's out there now is an honest and, and sincere attempt for me to understand what it is that you need and what you're saying I may not agree.
0: Absolutely, uh, absolutely, yeah.
1: I may, I may not agree, but I really bring a level of respect to this conversation. I think that there's a kind of, um, I'll say the word again, I think there is a kind of healing opportunity in that mm. reality.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things, I, I was watching a really interesting uh, interview with Margaret Wheatley really, but late, lately, and she's talking about um, changing systems, and she's come to a point where it's more about creating islands of sanity. And one of the one of the descriptions she makes of of our current state, which I fully go along with, is this sort of narcissism that we, we can now. It's all we broadcast at each other, and we live in a culture of narcissism, so we can instantly say, "I'm offended." And it reminds me of when I was a student in the '80s and you'd get involved in as you do as a student in heated polemical discussions about politics and all sorts and and you just and the word the word uh, that was fashionable in my student days was fascist and you'd just call someone a fascist perfect way to shut a conversation down and i I'm, I'm hearing what you say Louise and I agree with you conversation is is probably the best starting point for us to develop the ability to roll reverse with each other and find out what's going on what's you say this thing I don't agree with it but let me find out what's behind it because behind it is a human being with some values and some experiences and some real emotions. and it you you're trying to express some meaning to me and if I just use a word like fascist or there's a whole myriad of them these days just to shut down a conversation we get nowhere the two of us remain stuck
2: not true.
1: But I think, having, I think having said that, I also believe that there needs to be a kind of recognition that, that the systems that we are living in, in many, many, many cases and many examples, and I will, I'm, I'm thinking of the bigger systems, but I'm also thinking of any system that one is working in. Yes, um, I I think that we have to acknowledge how, in many 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 cases, they are oppressive in terms of that mm-hmm. of that of those needs that you just that you mm-hmm. just outlined. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I obviously I can't, you know, promote the idea that I'm going to go in your organization and have everyone just, you know, uh, uh, beat down the organization and in, in, in a session that, you know, but that in, in, in the ways that we can allow people to acknowledge broken systems, allow people to acknowledge the, the disappointment, the uncertainty that people feel is a very very real thing yeah yeah yeah. and that we and that we can in so many ways be uh be in solidarity so to speak talk about an old you know Mm -hmm. uh, that word's coming back uh, from the 60s and the 70s yeah but we can (laughs) we can we can say look you know the bottom line is things are not easy in in many ways yeah and and that there's some sort of comfort—that's the word—that we can get that we can help each other with. Yes. In terms of that, but it has to be. You know, th- this is this is this is always brings me back to the same place, and that is, as much as I advocate these. Kinds of conversations and their importance in terms of, um, mo- you know, moving mo- ac- acknowledgement and moving moving people to another place in terms mm. of relating to each other. Mm. At the same time, I think both things are working in in, 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 in together. I think the systems working at the same time. But the other part about emotional freedom is on- and honesty is understanding that, yeah. is being able to make that distinction, which too many people in organizations, in my f- opinion, do not. They are still, they are still uh, defending the system that in some way um, is, is, is not aligned with their best interests.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. De- defending the thing which is the cause of their ills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Like like we like we we humans, I'm we've so never happy done that. To have have we
1: produced so many conclusions today, and so, <laughs> yeah. so many solutions. I'm questions um, business. Hey, I'm in the questions
0: business. Right. Well, yes, I think actually we all are. Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of sitting with the comment you made sort of halfway through the conversation. We said, I know this is maybe a little bit pie in the sky. And I thought, actually, that's the realm that Roger and I inhabit all the time with these podcasts, you know. We we live in surplus reality. But, you know,
2: if we didn't do this... Yeah, but we find it very realistic. I mean, yeah. it's, it, 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 it sounds far-fetched, and it sounds really out there. But it is so real that it's it's almost unfathomable that we're not everybody's not doing it exactly right yeah. I, I have a friend of mine who works in Brussels and, and he actually gets an email that uh, we're happy with your work but the way that you go about it is frowned upon and and
1: he's in, any, in an email in an email in an email.
2: Right. Yeah. And uh, he and his colleagues are and, and he's um, uh, he's not a lawyer, but he's he's the um, legal department. And um, so and all the documents that go out have to be legally proper. Right. And so by the third time that he sent something back that it says and for the for the I don't know. And he says, this has to be in that letter. It, it has to be there. It's wrong if you don't do it. And then he gets commented on that, that he's too direct that he shouldn't say it like that because it might send mm-hmm. the wrong message. And they go like, what wrong message can you possibly send from saying you're not doing it right? And uh, <laughs> and he tried it in a different way, but it doesn't work. So he's being direct and he's being commented on that. And, and I, I feel that that's more of a trend than the other way, right? that and we're preaching and we're saying look you have to be open you know you don't have to offend anybody no that's purposefully. right. in fact quite
0: the opposite make sure you don't offend people well, you don't want to right i mean that's right. if if, yeah. if
2: you're doing something wrong it's it, i'm 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 not saying it because i want to hurt your feelings mm. i'm saying it because you're doing it wrong and if you do it like this then you're doing it right and then if you do it like that i don't have to tell you again that you're doing it wrong Mm-hmm. You know, so just do it right. But
1: you, but... but you see, that's a that's a very very good example mm. of two things that that are happening at the same time. The first thing is perhaps uh, there's a way. I know nothing obvious, uh, obviously about this real details here, but there, mm-hmm. there there's a way perhaps that your friend um, could be communicating these important things um, with certain people, perhaps we, you know, we, we don't know what the details are in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so at some level, in terms of his own personal work, preparing him to be receptive to understanding what that is and, and what's needed and, and, and letting him, have the opportunity to experiment with that. So in other words, he's got his own work to do about that. He's got his own emotional. On the other hand, one could safely say from an outsider's point of view Mm. as a consultant, (laughs) that the way in which that was presented to him can't possibly have the best outcome. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So here's the system trying in some way to communicate hey there there's some there's some there's a lack of receptivity out here to the yes. style that you are you are engaging in and stop it and do something different um, but the for- and and of course that in and of itself is is, is in my opinion not ideal <laughs> but there, there 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 is no way that that's a receptive See, one of the problems is in many of these interactions is the conditions are absolutely awful Mm -hmm. for people being receptive to hearing something different.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And so one of the things that we focus on very, very much is the question over and over again, creating the conditions, what are the circumstances, how can you create conditions that maximize receptivity for mm. people hearing things that are hard or mm-hmm. or difficult or not easy however you know one wants to put it and that almost, that very rarely happens because people really aren't thinking and they don't know what they don't and they're not thinking systemically yes and they're not and they're not really thinking about Things like, going back to the, to, to the reference to the basics of neuroscience, the brain being a social organ, is that basically people are always, the brain is always responding in two different ways. It's responding, mm-hmm. that, that, that incoming stimuli, so to speak, is a threat, mm-hmm. it's, to be, it's to be avoided, mm-hmm. or... It's welcome. It's 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 a reward or it's a pleasure or it's or it's right. So that the brain is always sort of doing this 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 dance between between this, you know, sort of incoming interpretations of is this good for me, is this not good for me? Yeah. Unless we're thinking in communication, and, and I use that very intimately and very broadly about that we have a very very high uh, uh, probability of 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 not being successful in the way we we talk to each other and and, and our and our goals and our outcomes. Mm-hmm. This is a fundamental problem. So this is really it's sort of like, you know, the basics. I mean, when you when you when you pose this in a certain way to people in the business world uh in terms of improving communication, people will say say often to us for example, why? Why don't they trust me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That, I mean, that question—that question is just fascinating. It just opens up so many avenues
2: yeah.
0: of a fruitful conversation that could be starting out.
2: Yeah, because really, 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 the,
0: to, the only person who's going to be able to answer it is. The person that they're thinking of. Mm-hmm. So, to build, like you say, setting the stage to warm people up, to get them, to get all of those other muscles flexed so they can warm up to the point of having those conversations and finding out if it's a concern that they don't trust you. Let's see if we can find out. It might take us a while to get there, but let's see if we can get there and practice a whole lot of stuff on the way that might mean that you've got the answer to your question, but also you can work out how trust can be built and maintained.
2: Yeah, it's a long way. Mm. So John,
0: so right here, ask the
2: question, ask the question, the question, the question, the one question, which is, I'm very serious. If there's one thing, you, I asked the to... question, where did it Where were you?
1: Maybe you, <laughs> Lost in the calm perhaps
2: yeah maybe you fell
1: uh, off. I think respond to that Roger. I I said I said uh, so, you know some emotional freedom emotional yeah honesty. emotional freedom ah okay in 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 in, in the, at the micro level in the personal level and 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 at the more systemic level mm-hmm. that, that more
2: mm-hmm. okay so well I'm going to edit it anyway so that's good
1: <laughs> yeah
2: mm-hmm. okay Okay. okay. I'm just
0: noticing just noticing time. I'm wondering if we're getting close to the end of our
2: We're doing well. We're doing well. Well, that's as, good. As in we're doing we're, we're I'm recording for an hour and 12 minutes now. Yeah. But uh we had some breaks in the middle. Okay. Or somewhere. So, but well, no, don't mind me
0: i'm sorry we that i interrupted <laughs> Well you don't mind no, us we don't at all you don't mind us we won't mind you i won't mind you i
2: trust you john
1: <laughs> you know i do i do want to say something in terms of, of the bit we were talking about about the thing that raj you you said about uh, isn't it getting harder and, and the trends are going in the other direction Yes, I think that's true, but I'll tell you, I think there are so many things that we are seeing now mm. that are are are, for, are are surely works in progress,
2: mm.
1: Mm. but have moved so significantly
2: yeah. in
1: in the past. Let's say ten years. It feels actually even more accelerated for some reason which is a, probably a much larger conversation in the past few years. But um, I, I think that there are so many issues that have advanced and there are so many um Perhaps some things that are just showing up as sort of sensitivities to certain things now that yeah. previously were really taboo conversations. Sure. Yes, yeah, uh,
0: and, and yeah. I and I'd say that they they were real things, not people getting away with saying horrendous things that you know shock us. Right, but there's but real things that are surprising us going, and, and, and I think there's a lot of delight with that for me, like, wow, I hear some politicians and so on say things, and I go, wow, how, how, can, they, how can they say that? And then I see other delightful things popping up, and I go, wow, that's fantastic, that's, that's yeah. also a surprise. And I, I'm with you, I think there's some lovely, really good, positive things bubbling up as quickly as some of the horrendous, offensive you know soul destroying stuff that to counter it
1: i i think so and i think that and they're happening i think at multiple levels i think they're happening at the personal level yeah i mean from the perspective for example of i mean you know talk about uh, you know a massive issue that is you know sort of some people might feel glacially moving th- through the societies now, but it's certainly, for example, the role of women and the role of women in business, and mm-hmm. and every aspect, because there are so many tiers, so many levels of that. That, yeah. uh, and, and and that it's kind of, I mean, it's it's lo- it's sort of under logical and understandable that there would be an enormous amount of contentiousness about that Mm. because all of this is a form of resistance it's all you know if you boil it down if you you if you believe in psychology and that's you know that's my background i sort of take things always back to to that place Mm. this this all is a manifestation a form of the resistance to change that's Mm. what we're in it's almost sometimes it feels like, like a hailstorm, you know, mm-hmm. um, huge amount of change moving through the, through, through, through things at a personal level mm-hmm. and at, at, at a, at a cultural societal level Absolutely. that, that so, so that I think that one of the things that I think we would all, um, benefit by is that people like us that are doing this work in one form or another are very cognizant of that and are reminding people that um you know it's 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 it it feels like the end of the world but it's not
0: absolutely (laughs) i see i see more people who um make comments on social media even in person i've heard the phrase you know the zombie apocalypse and i i I, I I it's finally come to my awareness. I've heard it but I'm just I was thinking about it the other day and went this is not going to happen. This is so not going to happen because of all the stuff you've just outlined Louise on on micro levels on you know f- uh, yeah. personal levels on family levels on community levels on societal levels cosmic levels there are some amazing new things that are bubbling up most of it without our awareness because it's not in the mainstream media. It's not on Facebook and Twitter. It's, you know, it's people that you have conversations with that I have conversations with, um, and I come away going, "Damn it, there is hope. I have got hope, and it's not unfounded hope." Okay. Well, one of one of the one
1: of the things that uh, I I think I may have. Put up on Facebook the other day was in reference to a conversation that I heard an interview of um, the former finance minister of Greece, Yanis. Yes, Varoufakis. Varoufakis.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Very, very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he was asked whether or not he uh, was optimistic, which is a very, you know, sort of interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Way of. You know, a, a interesting question. And oh. he said, um, "I feel that uh, we have a responsibility to be right." Yeah. yeah. And so that, for me, actually really opens up the whole notion of how much when we get when we get stuck in these positional places, you know, oh. stuck in these these factual positional positional places we're not realizing that underneath all of that there's a whole world of emotional of emotions and feelings moving through those things so jan his 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 response sort of suggested to me the whole notion of how much more emotional choice we have yeah and we, we, it's like kind of opening up the whole field of possibility there rather than getting stuck in those positional places. Absolutely. Of, this is the way it is. This is the way it has to be. Mm. Uh, it can be no other way.
2: Mm.
1: And, and so it's not surprising that something, you know, the New York Times writes the other day that something like optimism has become uncool. <laughs> um you know which is you know kind of i know they have to keep generating articles every day but it, it, <laughs> oh. it, it really it really is an interesting idea it's mm. it's is 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 the idea that sort of like emotions certain emotional states fall in and out of favor they trend mm. yes you know? so 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 i think that 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 is true and i think that's <laughs> That can be very dangerous at certain times, depending on what's trending. But I also think that there is a lot more of an opportunity for us to um, re, I don't want to say retool, but kind of reframe our, our emotional responses to things uh, that can change the entire conversation. Absolutely conversation
0: absolutely and I think that you know we've moved beyond like you say moving beyond positions rather than this is a position we're moving beyond a binary you know like taking it from a, a larger level where it may have felt binary before that emotional freedom that you talk about is not just this one or that one but it's this sort of if we if we develop greater spontaneity and ability to respond to the universe then the choices are infinite potentially um, and I think, uh, you know, I, th- I probably agree with Varoufakis when he says it's our obligation to be optimistic.
2: Mm. It's the only way you get to uh, a- any positive endgame.
0: F- for everyone involved. For everyone right. involved. If, if you right, yeah.
2: approach everything negative and mm. as a pessimist, then you'll never get anywhere. Right. Yeah,
0: that's right. And if you approach things with that, you're either with us or you or if you're not with us you're against us approach, that's not going to get us as humanity very far either.
2: No, that has proven itself. It? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is so, a nice a nice place to 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 wind up, I reckon.
2: Just winded, I think a perfect place. Yeah. I reckon
0: so. It's been a delight having you with us, Louis. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, despite oh. our 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 a little moments of technical difficulty. once oh, I've
2: that that you won't even notice it anymore.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm counting on that.
2: <laughs> so, so, thank
1: you so much. I really, it, it was really fun. Thanks. It was,
0: and I'd I'd, I'd um, venture to say that we would enjoy another one at some point with you. So, if you're up well, for that, um, so you. hopefully, hopefully, this has set you up nicely for your day. This has um, been a fantastic um, winding down to my day, and um, right. I think until next time, I will say farewell. Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) So if you like the podcast and you would like to subscribe, please go as usual to rwcasd.com, rwcast.com. and you can pick up all the other episodes of our podcast.
2: All 35.
0: Mm. Uh, So until next time, it's um, farewell. And goodbye.